Hi, welcome to the Car Measurables podcast. My name is Advita Patel. I'm Trudy Lewis. And I'm Jenny Field. So this week in our news section, I thought we could talk about Basecamp because it's been quite controversial in the media, online, on socials. I've been tagged in a couple of conversations as well about my thoughts on what's going on in Basecamp. So those of you who don't know, and bearing in mind, right, because we do often, you know, we, we do come judge and jury on these situations <laughs> quite a lot. However, based on the information that has been shared with us and the context that we have, the CEOs of Basecamp decided to publish a statement on their new, I suppose you want a culture, if you want to call it, or rules and guidelines of how employees should be working going forward in the organisation, which led to a third of the workforce walking out, handing in the notice and going. So there's been a lot of debate online that I've seen about the way they approached this communication. And we've always said, haven't we, from the conversations we've had in the past is that when you're kind of bringing in a new change, it's always good to involve the colleagues in that conversation to then explain the why behind the change and the rationale behind the change. And from what I can see and from what I've read, I don't think that has happened, really. The one of the kind of, I suppose, controversies on this is that they have said one of their rules, if you want to work at base camp, is that you're not allowed to talk about political and societal things because they think that if you don't comment then people may think you're complicit to that view or people may feel pressured to talk about politics and talk about what's going on in the world and a part of me as controversial as it might sound a part of me thinks okay fair enough like at least I know where they stand so if I want to go and work at base camp then I know that I can't talk about politics and I can't talk about societal things but then a part of me also thinks well that's okay for you to say that isn't it like two white guys with privilege (laughs) to say we don't want to talk about Mm. these subjects because I don't know makes us uncomfortable it's not the right thing for us to talk about and bearing in mind Basecamp has got what a workforce of 58 people so we're not talking about thousands and thousands of employees we're talking about a very small number of people who are passionate about certain causes and I just think was it the right thing for them to do is it well is it okay for them to do what they did and I suppose I'm answering my own question there saying it's their company they can do what they heck they like really can't they ultimately but I just find it really interesting because I've seen people who have been very strong and have said I'm not going anywhere near that software product I'm never going to use Basecamp ever again I'll never work with them again cancel culture has come out right cancel them get rid of them how dare they exist in this world if they don't want to talk about these kind of subjects and then I've got people who have been a bit like well I kind of see their point and I can see what they've done what are your views gosh I see their point to a certain extent and I think one of the things that we probably should explore is how it came across to, to the staff to the point where they felt One, they didn't have any recourse. They couldn't go back and have that conversation. Because again, some of these, some of the times when you implement a really hard rule or or something that the the organization should do, you would consult rather than just announce. And this feels like they just announced it. And I would hope that they announced it internally before they pumped it out externally. But, But I think they're in their rights to do stuff. I just think it's the consequences are you willing to live with them 
Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you, Trude, because I think we've talked about diversity and inclusion on this podcast, and I've talked about that that kind of minefield that things can feel like, and it's easier not to go through the minefield and just not not say anything. So I kind of feel like anyone that's willing to make a statement or make a stand is is you know putting that 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 foot forward to, to to take that walk, and therefore you shouldn't be you know berated about that. So I I feel like Trudy's point of you need to understand how it was done in order for people to feel like their only option was to quit. I also think why has this statement come about in the first place? So and with my whole view of you know you have to understand it, diagnose it, and then fix it, I feel like. They haven't really looked at what they're trying to to fix with this policy. It's a bit like they're treating a symptom, not a root cause. And that's something I'd want to explore more in terms of what has happened to make you think that this policy is the solution. And not the same, but similar things where people will say, you know, you you can't have mobile phones on the shop floor, for example. But that's a change in policy. So what's happened to make that change? And if you can't answer that, then I'm just quite frankly going to have my phone on the shop floor because there needs to be a reason. So there can often be things that happen that cause us to create policies without really looking at the root cause of them. So I think there is that. Plus, I don't think in society today and with technology and everything else, I don't think you can disassociate those things. And I get their point where they've said, you know, some of these conversations around politics and things can often become unpleasant. That's a cultural situation. It's also about people being respectful of each other's views. You know, if people want to have these conversations, then why not create a safe, respectful environment for them to have these conversations and discussions mm-hmm. and hear other people's views and to discuss something as adults uh, and talk on an adult to adult basis about issues and things that are going on and embrace that difference and embrace that conversation in a respectful way rather than just saying no one should talk about it. Because that's not helpful to anybody. You know, you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable to move things forward. So to just say, we're not going to have any conversations that make anyone feel uncomfortable. <laughs> like you're never, well, you're just never going to achieve anything in that case. You're just going to no. have this really false culture of everyone being really pleasant and nice, but just being horrible behind each other's backs. And that's I mean, really toxic. They have said to give them, you know, the credit a little bit, if we don't want it on our main channel, you're more than welcome to talk about it on your personal base camp channel whatsapp you know conversations if that other person wants to talk about it so they have they have said that they've made it clear but and I'm not excusing that I mean I think that's a rubbish thing and again as I said at the beginning it's a privilege to say that right it's a privilege for them to step away from that conversation and you spoke about the root cause Jenny when you mentioned that and the root cause from what I can tell and again it's tidbits it's little bits you know context is everything and all of this but apparently for a number of years their sales team had been keeping a list of customer names that sounded funny. And somebody in the organisation or a a number of people in the organisation decided that they wanted to create a diversity, equity and inclusion group to address that situation. And apparently, we don't know, this was the instigator for them to put those rules in place because, I mean, that's completely wrong, right? For 10 years... Oh, my God, I'm horrified that that is a a reason behind this. It's just like, I just can't even believe that for 10 years, people were keeping a list of names that sounded funny from African or Asian origin as well. They were racist, right? Ultimately, let's just say what it is. It's racist to do Mm -hmm. that. And I think from what I read and the information that I've I've, I've seen is that because of that and they wanted to address it, they decided just to say, right, forget it. We're not going to talk about anything. We're not going to do anything at all. We're going to stick to our guns. We're going to do what we were initially started off to do so they've got other stuff on there you know they've got on the list of rules they've got things like we're not going to have any committees 
So we're not going to form committees. You know, DNI stuff is now going to be led by our head of HR and it's her responsibility, sole responsibility. And we've always said that DNI does not belong to just one individual, right? And they've gone complete opposite and said, DNI belongs to this person. We're not going to do any any committees. I mean, the list of things is is pretty horrific. You know, if, if we're thinking about cultures, it's not it's not the best. And the list of things are very telling as well because they're very directed at this one issue. And you 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 kind of think to yourself, okay, so just it's just because this has happened doesn't mean that you create a knee jerk and create things that are going to offend people. Because if you're going to say suddenly you're going to say no more committees simply because somebody wants to have a DEI committee. I mean, that just does not make sense. No more bureaucracy because we've got one person who's going to handle this one area. Of course, people are going to get offended and upset about that, no matter how you handle that one. And this is this feels like, you know, like when you're at high school and they put all these rules in, that's how this feels. It doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like you're dealing with adults. It feels like we've got a m- bunch of children to corral. So let's just put in these rules it's it's pointless to me the rage <laughs> i've turned into a teacher like, <laughs> i just i cannot fathom the logic of people are being racist so we need to set up a committee to make sure that we need to educate people apparently how not to be racist but in which case we're just going to close down any kind of discussion about societal or political like, yeah. what what is that thought process because Actually, when we when I talk about things being toxic chaos and toxicity inside organisations, this this is almost an exact example of what this is. Yeah. So whoever is is leading this organisation, if everything that we are seeing in terms of what we're we're being told is factually accurate, then please call me so we can have a conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Because this is so baffling to me in 2021 that this is even something that that is even thought of being the right solution I'm almost speechless which is so rare but I just that is absolutely shocking to me and 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 like you said you both said it's that it's that privilege of being able to just shut that conversation down and walk away Mm. because actually in 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 saying we're just not going to talk about it you are not dealing with the group of people who are keeping that list and are making fun of names and things like that like that that's not acceptable yeah. behavior inside an organization making people then be silent is not acceptable behavior inside an organization so your your cure for this symptom is also not acceptable nothing well, about you, this you can is acceptable. and you can do it but you're going to have massive repercussions which is what they had and you kind of think to yourself that just does not make sense none of it does no but i absolutely applaud the people that have that have walked out because it takes a lot to take action based on your beliefs like that's not an easy thing to do to to say right actually I feel really strongly about this and I'm going to leave or or I you know I'm really passionate about this I'm going to do this I'm going to do something I think whatever action you're taking is not to be underestimated it's very easy to be passive and be outraged at something and not take any action yeah. I am not a base camp customer so there is little action I can take um, but <laughs> I, I I applaud that, you know, right, I'm now no longer going to be doing this or I'm no longer going to be doing that. Once you've got all the facts, and obviously, as you said, Avita, we're going on what we've 
red and smooth. Yeah. And I do think, you know, the cynic in, cynic in me would think that maybe it was a ploy to get rid of those individuals that didn't align to their culture or what they wanted the new culture to look like. So they gave buyouts to those 18 people who left, you know, they gave them the cash to go. And, and maybe there was a ploy. And mm. to be honest with you, base camp, they've been around for 22 years, apparently. And I have to admit, it's the first time I've probably come across them hearing this in in, in what they did. So the publicity as bad as it is, you know, because there are people on the fence, there are people on one side against the other. One, you know, on one side you can say, well, at least I know what that culture is like in that organization now and I yeah. know what I'm getting. Yeah. You know, and you and you make that choice. And then the other side is I'm never going to use their products or be part, I'm just never going to be part of that culture mm. again. And I suppose the question to ask the CEOs, whatever our advice is worth in 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 this conversation that we're having is you know what are the implications you know what are the what are your customers saying to you and you know what what's happening on that side i think you're right there are there will be people that will be on the fence coming back from my my rageous moment <laughs> that's not a word okay for this you know you said that they were saying you could have these conversations in other places but just not on the main channel so that for me also speaks to there's behavior that's been not acceptable behavior on that main channel that has led to that so Again, it's that knee jerk will just close it down. That's not going to address or solve or move anything forward. It's just silencing stuff, which I just don't think is helpful. But the media report suggests they've kind of done a blanket. We will never speak of anything in this area ever, whereas that's not what they've said. But that's also contradictory in terms of we want to do a committee, there will be no committee. So there's lots of kind of contradictory behaviours and messages coming out, Mm -hmm. which is why I think a lot of people will end up saying, do you know what, I'm just not going to go anywhere near that because Mm -hmm. there's too much. Well, it's how you perceive it, isn't it? It's how you perceive the organisation now that you've seen this because they've made all of this very public and that there has been a lot of commentary on Mm. various channels and platforms. So, you know, now you can't get away from it, really, is it? So so I think you plough the ground and then you walk through it. Yeah, yeah. Set it up for yourself and enjoy. (laughs) I think the lesson to learn to anybody listening and if you are planning big announcements is make sure that you are talking to your people first uh, and they understand the why behind it before you go public with it and I think that's I think it's been the opposite for them I think they went public first and then they well which is ridiculous yeah absolutely ridiculous but also make sure that the solution you're putting in place deals with the actual root cause of the issue don't just put something in place yeah don't just put something in place that's like a quick win that's not the right thing either but for people to have such a strong reaction that so many of them have walked out there feels like there's more going on the fact yeah. that people were kind of paid off feels like there's probably more going on and and I'm also all for you know this is our culture this is the change we're making you were either you know on the bus or off the bus and I've been involved in in culture changes like that and I I think there's some there's there is some comfort in being very clear on this is what we're doing yeah. there's not clarity in this situation because there's too many different things being said and behaviors and different stuff going on but I think if you are doing cult changes and doing stuff and it is quite a dramatic shift and you do need people to leave who are blocking that change and don't want to be part of it then mm-hmm. being very clear on that is is no bad thing either taking it a little bit slower and slow yeah. down and get some advice before you make big big decisions like that yeah. Well, let us know if you have read um, more stuff about Basecamp. If you work at Basecamp, then please do let us know. That would be a good one. It's somebody from Basecamp giving us the intel. I, I doubt it. They probably signed all sorts of NDAs and all kind of stuff. Please do share with us your thoughts and 
where where you sit on this whole base camp issue. I mean, we have said, you know, context is everything, but it'll be really good to talk about the cultural side of what happened and, and what you believe if, if it's the right thing or not the not the best thing that they did. And so I hope you enjoyed our little chat there about base camp. We could have spoken about it for another <laughs> half an hour, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, enjoy our next episode and let us know what you think and share your thoughts on our social channels at Rebel. If you want to find out more about how you can work with us you can visit our website which is calmedgedrebels.com here you can find out more about each of us individually and it will also give you links to our own websites which are colinear.co for trudy commsrebel.com for advita and redefining comms for me jenny you can also follow us on instagram and on twitter at calmedgedrebels and you can also follow us individually on twitter instagram and linkedin So if you do want to work with us around communications, consulting, coaching or workshops, please do get in touch. Today, we're going to be talking about the power of language. And I wanted to talk about this subject because recently I've been noticing certain ways people are describing situations, which is causing me let's just say a, a certain level of rage <laughs> and we've been talking rage right it's, it's like my word of the year 2021 <laughs> word of the year rage and i know we're all guilty of it right we're all kind of guilty of saying certain things to evoke a reaction in people but i was talking offline uh, with, with jenny i think it was and we we're talking about the power of language and and what it kind of shows people and i think as communicators we particularly have to be quite conscious about the way we use words and the power of the words that we use to communicate what we're trying to tell the people that we're talking to. So things like, you know, what I'm, what I'm referring to here is when we say things like, oh my goodness, it was absolute disaster. And I'm like, well, what happened? Like, oh my goodness, everything okay? Yeah, look, he just didn't turn up on time for that meeting. <laughs> it's like, what's that? <laughs> Was it really a disaster? Like, where do where where is the disaster on that scale of disaster where it, it literally is a disaster where things have to completely change to he was just a, or he or she or they were a bit late for that meeting, and it's things like that. You know, when we talk about oh, it's horrific. It was horrific. I've had a horrific day today. The whole thing was horrific. It's like oh, what happened? It's like oh, it just things just didn't go right for me, and it's those words for me that I just think: Are we sometimes guilty of over exaggerating what's going on in our world to make a greater impact? And I thought it'd be a nice topic to talk about, especially as we're moving more into looking at the words that we use to communicate and the world of inclusivity and belonging and what they mean. So, do you think, Jenny? I'm a huge fan of of this topic. My sister used the word, uses the word vile all the time. Oh, it's vile. Oh, this is vile in the most of mundane things. And it's always made me laugh. She also uses horrific unnecessarily too. I think it's a really important topic, all joking aside. I'm also now thinking we've probably done podcast episodes where we've definitely used these words oh, to describe yeah. stuff. Without, without a doubt. So I think there's a, there's a few things for me. There's, there's an element of the fact that language changes and evolves and the meaning of words that was years ago is now less and that's, you know, life and, and society and how things change. But there's also something about how words make you feel, which is very individual. And we've, we've talked a lot about 
the word bravery and we've talked a lot about the word power and what they mean and how they make us feel and so I think it's just being mindful of them I think we use bravery and power as words you know quite a lot and I and I know we've talked about Advisa people saying you know some of the stuff you're doing around diversity and inclusivity and belonging has been very much you know around being brave for for standing up and having a voice and I know that jars a little bit sometimes for you at the same time I remember when my sister again she went traveling around the world very fortunately a few years ago and people called her brave and she was like I don't think this is brave and I think that's such an uh, such an interesting word as to how people use it and what we mean by it when we describe people as that and how it can have such different connotations to people. And I think that's the biggest thing for me is it has every word has different connotations to everybody. So the ability to offend is very high. And I just think, you know, bravery, I think, is probably the one that can cause the most, not offence, but I think it's one that can can cause people to stop and think about whether it's something is truly brave. I agree. And one of the one of the words recently, as you may have seen, there are certain words out there, I think, to cause a reaction in different groups of people. So things like snowflake, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a new word for like the 2000s. And I know when my friends who belong in that group that you may class as snowflakes get so agitated by it. And it just made me think that I I need to do a bit of research of where that word came in, but I know it's, it's, it's a bit of an offensive word. Like when you talk about snowflakes and when you talk about their behaviours and, and how they react. And I don't know if it's helpful. I, I can understand why people would talk about that kind of language. But as the communicators and as people who have to communicate to potential snowflakes, and I'm using air quotes, sorry, because uh, I don't agree with the word snowflakes. I, do, I think it's geography to, to the group of people that we're talking about. What about you, Trudy? What do you think about these kind of words like snowflakes? And and, and Jenny quite interestingly men- mentioned the evolving language over, you know, over uh, generations, like the word coloured, right? So I'm going to use coloured here because yeah. I spoke to somebody not so long ago who said, I don't understand why you're calling people like people of colour and women of colour and how that's less offensive because I find saying black really offensive because when I was younger when I, when my parents were working they were told not to say the word black colored was the, the right way to say things you know why is that all changed you know what I have to admit I was a bit flummoxed I was like I don't know like when this change happened I know the word black is definitely what what is the most kind of agreeable term now to use and I think what they're referring to is when people used to put the s at the end of black and called it blacks uh, and calling it as the, that that kind of group, but I it did make me think actually that I can see why there's so much confusion out there when it comes to language of inclusivity and belonging. And I've spoken to lots of people who are very confused about terminologies in that area of of, of, of uh, work as well. Yeah, I mean, in, in the area of diversity, I think it's almost like opening a can of worms <laughs> in this conversation because it just will go on and on and on. I think um, we've become very dramatic. I think, in how we speak about things. We've also become a little bit oversensitive, I'd say, because probably back in the day, people would not have paid as much attention to some of the language that people have been using, apart from obviously, if you're calling people names and, you know, it has a negative connotation to it. Of course, those things are are a big issue. However, 
there were things that you would say and I and I also think again it's a cultural thing because if I think about life in Jamaica people are a lot more direct so they felt they they could call you whatever or say various things in opposed to a society that's a lot more probably mindful of that and a bit more polite or sorry not not even polite just not direct and feel that they have to be nice all the time and so when it comes to kind of words like black or colored or whatever comes up especially around diversity I think I think that in itself is something that has evolved over time and it's it's one that I don't tend to get oversensitive about because again people's everybody's got a different experience or a different perception of what these words mean and you'd you'd constantly be walking on eggshells if you kind of said to yourself, I'm not going to say, you know, I can't say this, I can't say that. You'd constantly be over careful, I think, if you took it on too much. So I think there's a there's an element to which, yeah, we have to be mindful. I don't like the use of things like of words like slow snowflake or anything like that, because I think I don't think they're right. I I think they're judgy as well, because you can't, you're 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 a lot of the times we are talking about people that we don't know and so we have to be really careful I think about how we how we phrase things how we share with people how we connect with them especially when you think that the a lot of people a lot of the times we are responding to things online and we're responding to social media so we're saying we might say a phrase or a word just because we think it 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 befits that person or the person what the person has said but we've got to be really careful because actually we don't know them we don't know where they're coming from and we don't know what they really mean it's a little bit like saying I'm offended by a certain text that was sent but text language is so rubbish anyway so it's it's a bit like you're going to get offended over something for no reason at all but but there is that level to which I think generally we're more dramatic and we're way too over, you know, we're a little bit too sensitive about some of these things too. But on the flip side, I really think we need to be mindful of how we, yeah. how we talk. I mean, I, I'm definitely that kind of person who will probably, uh, will say if I'm offended by a certain language, you know, things like, you know, it was a big thing a couple of years ago, like you run like a girl. You run, you run mm. like a girl, you. What's or, you know, <laughs> yeah, stop, stop being, you know, why are you being so emotional? Like, don't be so emotional like a woman. Like you say, you know, I've heard like men say this to each other and I'm like, hang on, hang on a minute. Like, yeah, that's just not on. And it's that kind of stuff where I just think and and I've seen the transition in the generations as we've kind of moved on. Like I know you said we can be oversensitive, Trudy, that's definite. And, And I do think that at times we can be a little bit oversensitive. But I also think that if we don't call out some of those language and behaviors, when people do say things like, oh, you run like a girl or don't be soft, like, you know, don't be soft you know, and, and oh, you're, oh you're, you're, such a, you're such a girl, don't be a girl. You know, when I'm thinking, those are the kind of things that I just think, oh, that's a bit, oh, that's not right, because what, that, that is a making massive assumptions, right? Again, yeah. stereotypes. Totally, you don't yeah. know about other people. But that's, as you're talking, and as we've been chatting, I'm, what I've been scribbling down, as I have to do now, is things, is words like labels. And it's like, it's the power of, la- it's language when it's used to label somebody mm-hmm. that I think is what is making us uncomfortable. Because the examples we've talked about, some of the examples are somewhat kind of negative. And I think it's if you're, if you're using language in a way to kind of group people together or that are labelling people, then that's where I think language just you just need to be really mindful of it but then I'm at the same time I'm also thinking 
we live in a society that is so concerned about offending people, but also in some ways a society that's got a lot more freedom of speech because of social media, that it's it's just really tricky as a balance. Like the language that I might use might offend someone, but also is that because I'm using language that is offensive to that individual? Because I don't use things like snowflake or, you know, but I might use, you know, awesome or brave or vile or horrific <laughs> to describe something. So there's there's different things for me when it when we're looking at language. There's kind of grouping people together in a derogatory way or grouping people together and using language as a kind of a labeling element but then there's also just the over exaggeration of language and how it because it's evolved in the generations it now means different things because you know being stuck in a traffic jam is not horrific no but but it's also the intention behind it because if you know when you're using certain words are you are you trying to be sarcastic are you being patronizing or are you being just plain rude you know it 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 depends Mm. on I also think it depends on your intention because and and if if you're challenged about it you know and this goes for anybody listening if you're challenged about it maybe it's about explaining what you mean you know and because so many times it you it can be taken out of context because we nobody necessarily or you don't always know what the intention is behind behind what the person has said so as a result I've made an assumption that that's what you mean. So if it's a bit like when we talked about the word bravery, the assumption is that are you being are you being sarcastic or are you what do do you genuinely think that I'm being brave about? You know, because I don't see it as being brave, and it's the choice of word that actually has caused a slight offence, but the intention may not have been that. But unless I have a conversation, I would never know no. what the intention is. And. And as you're talking about that, I'm I'm reminded of the BT Communications stuff that was mm. happening recently, where the chairman made a comment on social media that was deliberately inflammatory, and and then went on to lead to his resignation. And there was a lot of talk at that time around the fact that it was, you know, the intention was not to be derogatory. The intention yeah. was to be kind of deliberately inflammatory, but to make a a, a point. But it totally backfired. And I it think that's, it was. And I think that's, for me, where you're looking at language, that's, you know, I think a really good example of where there's the power of language and and, and labels that is not okay. And that when you've got social media as your main platform, you lose so much of the communication in mm-hmm. writing that which is why I think things like, you know, video and audio are coming so far forward because you can get so much more from that communication than just stuff that's written. And even I was scrolling through my Twitter feed the other day and I was just thinking how different it is now to how it was 13 odd years ago when I joined Twitter. And it was it was a very different scrolling experience because it was all text and shorter text. But now I was scrolling and I was like, God, everything is a video or an image and there's just a lot more richer content in there, yeah. which I think allows us to move away from use, you know, language being just text. And I think that is, you know, we've got things like Clubhouse now, we've got, you know, YouTube is one of the biggest search platforms there is. So things are really shifting. And I know we talk about medium and the message and how that's always so linked, but I do think that we have to really think about that when you're using written language. I think when you're doing stuff that's audio or video, 
it's it's quite different. And I think the the whole experience of that is different. If I said to you, Advisha, I think you're really brave for some of the stuff you've done around calling out, you know, conference organizers for not having a diverse line of speakers. To me, that is really brave. But I don't, but and I can say that to you. <laughs> but if I somebody wrote that to you, you might think, well, this isn't brave and maybe feel differently. I don't, I don't know. Well, the thing with that is that, and I know where you're coming from because you put context behind that conversation. Yeah. So I've got the context, right? And what, what you're saying. And when I see it written down or, and that's the thing with social media. And this is why I think the power of language and how we use it is even more important than it's ever been before, because we are very heavily reliant on social media this day and age to communicate with each other. And tone, context, body language, all that is completely lost when you're reading 180, 240 characters or whatever it is on Twitter or even on uh, Instagram and places like that. So when you say to me, I think that's really brave of you to come out and say that because of X, Y, and Z, it makes sense. But for me, when people write that, I always think, why do you think it's brave? Is it because people are going to think that I am a disruptor? Am I causing, you know, am I not going to get any work because I've called it out? Is it because they would never do it because they know what the consequences are if they do something? You know, all these thoughts kind of go through my head, which is why I think I get a reaction of certain words like bravery. Oh, I think that's really brave because I I attach bravery to somebody who is going through, a you know, a horrific treatment in hospital or somebody has gone to war or somebody who's fought for the, you know, fought for changing the law and and, and petitioned outside and campaign, you know, that's where I kind of put the bravery. And and I suppose it does my own issue with it, by the way. And it's something I need to work on. Cause like as Trudy said before at the at the at the start of these kind of conversations, sometimes we can be oversensitive with some of the words and language that people use towards us. But I think that's a hidden issue that we have within ourselves that we need to address. So I know in my world there are things that happen where certain words like bravery those kind of I'm not going to it'll be I mean it could be like a therapy session this podcast people <laughs> <laughs> will start going into it all but I, know. You, I think it's important for anyone who's listening to kind of remember to really think about reflect on why certain words trigger you to react in a way when they're, they're probably non-offensive in mm. general right so things like bravery it's a bit of a non-offensive word but if it triggers you like it triggers me then I know that there is definitely something mm. within my lifespan so far that something has happened that's a, that's making me tr- trigger so I need to address that myself and I think if people took ownership of their own behaviors then we probably wouldn't have as much conflict over certain words as we do today there are obviously words out there as Trudy mentioned before that we just should not use which we know certain people use to antagonize others right so politicians mm-hmm. would use certain words to antagonize each other the, the each other's parties or to, or to people we saw a lot of it happening during Brexit and then you know then the whole vaccine conversation that's going on at the moment and you know you've got the pro-vaxxers and anti-vaxxers and the kind of words that they use, we they you know some of them is, uh, are definitely using it to evoke a, a reaction in individuals, and I get that, I understand that's political and that's what people do, but we also need to make sure that we're taking ownership for the way we behave. It's also about asking the question, like, oh, what can you just help me understand what you mean by that yeah. sentence, mm. or what what do you mean when you say that about that? Can you just go a little bit more? deeper into that because it'll really help me understand where you're coming from that whole bit about reaction is very much linked to your experience and your culture it's not necessarily a bad thing it could be that your your experience uses a certain word in a certain connotation 
And over time, that's how your experience is kind of embedded in you. So basically every time a certain word is said in a certain way, you kind of get a little trigger. And then sometimes it's about culture. But we also have the issue that, you know, you've got strangers being quite familiar with you that, you know, there are some things you would never say to people that you don't know. But because of how we talk mostly online, we've got social media, that's how we're talking, as if to say we know people. And that's where we're, we, we might be a bit over familiar with saying, well, you're brave. If you think about how, you know, the fact that you accept it because Jenny said it, because she knows you she knows she knows more about you and you've had that you've had that connection but I think the underlying thing for me with a lot of the issues with not with, with it with things going wrong with this whole thing it's around empathy and kindness and when we say being mindful or looking after our own behavior it's about well are we being ep- empathetic maybe the question we need to ask ourselves before we open our mouths is is this the right thing to say? Am I am I being empathetic or am I being kind by saying this? You know, what's my what's my motive for saying this word or for using this word? And I just think those things are our individual responsibility. But we do that because we care about people, because we care about the people around us, rather than I'm just saying this because I have a I have a mouth, I have a voice, I can say what I want. Mm. And as you know, fair enough to those who feel that way, but generally that's you know the more human thing for all of us is to kind of be a bit more mindful and within that be a bit kinder and more empathetic I'm also wondering like how much how much we use language without thinking about it we talked about really you know specific words today but you know when we're having conversations or if I'm interviewing somebody to try and diagnose what's going on inside the organization we're just having a conversation but I'm listening to those words really intently and I will play those words back to be like you just use this word let's talk about this and nearly every time someone will say oh yeah yeah you're right I didn't realize I'd sort of you know didn't realize I'd sort of use that word but yes I suppose that does you know and then we kind of opens up the conversation but we use language so naturally based on you know our upbringing surroundings whatever it might be that I don't think it's a very conscious thought a lot of the time and I think that sometimes is maybe part of the problem is Mm. we don't consciously think about the things that we're going to say. And I don't think you should do that all the time because, my God, we'd be exhausted if we were constantly oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> checking ourselves <laughs> every five minutes. God, it would be a nightmare. But there is something about the fact that it's so innate in us to talk. Because I'm talking to you now, I'm not thinking about every single word that's going to be coming out of no. out of my mind. And it's why, you know, we, we don't get things right all the time when we talk about stuff that maybe is a bit more sensitive because we haven't had that thinking it already even earlier when we were talking Avita said um he she they because we know it's it should be they but that's years and years of conditioning of he and she that just is going to take a long time to shift but it's that natural sort of correction that has to come in the flow of the conversation and and because we just use language so innately which I just think is is probably part of the challenge and comes back to, I can use it innately talking to you guys now and we're having this chat, but if I'm writing it down, there is more thought. Yeah. There is a lack of thought when you're communicating over social media because there is the the quick fireness of it where you can just do things really quickly and say it that's like you're talking to somebody, but it's very different when it's written and it's there to see in, in black and white. But there's that connect between the intention because yes I know it's moving fast and you're you know you're, you just instantly talk right mm-hmm. but 
if your intention is smattered by your values, you know, so I am, you know, I've got a certain amount of character about me that says that I'm not, I do not intend to hurt. I do not intend to break somebody down or to pull them down, you know? So if my intent is that, then my language is always or almost always going to be uplifting or, or it's, it's not going to be harsh. It's going mm. to, it's going to say things in a certain way simply because that intention is kind of colored by my values. Definitely. And I think that's really, and, and that's really important what you just said there. And I want to mention our best friend, uh, future best friend Brené Brown obviously because <laughs> I was going to get a restraining order on you at some point <laughs> what's a podcast episode on karma travels without Brené Brown being mentioned yeah. but this is why I love the works of Brené Brown because she talks about values and she talks about empathy and she talks about how we should be very conscious about how we communicate difficult conversations to other people the rumbling conversations as she calls it and I think you're right Trudy if your values that my value is all about supporting others to be more confident in the work that they're doing right so it's all about fairness and transparent and giving people that energy so everything I talk about will be pretty much you know I'm a glass half full kind of individual so I'll always err on the side of positivity I know there are people out there and we all know these people who are not like that so they always will come across and use words which are always on the negative kind of side of of the language that we're kind of talking about here and and I do think it's important actually but I do think we should all be very conscious of who we are what we're trying to portray and how we want to be seen out there as well and as you said kindness is a really important part of where the world is going right now I think we've dealt with so much you know so much anxiety and anxiousness and horrible things going on around the globe at the moment and I think the one thing that we can try and do with the language that we all use on a on a a regular basis consciously or unconsciously is just be kinder and and Jenny picked up on it you know I know I've done a lot of work around the non-binary world and LGBTQ plus because it was an area of mine that I wasn't familiar with so I will always consciously try and include as much as I can so I will always say he she they because it's important to me and it's important to people in my community. And I think if we all were just a bit more conscious about the way we spoke, and obviously not, as Jenny said, not like every sentence you say and then panic about what you just said, because it's just not, you just can't live that way. It's impossible. <laughs> but just be wary about the situation. And, you know, I'm def- I definitely was one of those individuals that, and, and sometimes I can still be, where you, you fire off a, a really ragey, as obviously the word of 2021 for me, <laughs> So getting a t-shirt with that on. Yeah, exactly. Well, tolerance, you know what? It's more than rage, it's tolerance. My tolerance is depleted over time. And before where I may have been a bit like, oh, it's okay. The probably they probably didn't mean it in that way. You know, making excuses on their behalf. Mm. They probably didn't mean it that way. I'm probably in a bit oversensitive. It's been a tough day. It's been a tough week. It's been a tough year. It's okay. It's just move on. You do you, boo. You know, we say that. <laughs> you do you, boo. That was our phrase in 2020. <laughs> it was. You do you, boo. But I think I've moved into, I don't know if it's age or what, but I've moved into that, that place now where I'm like, no, because if this person doesn't understand the effect their language is having on me and the people around me, then how will they ever know that that's not mm. acceptable in my company? Like, if other people are okay to accept that language, then go for it, right? But in me, if they're talking to me and they're on my in my world uh, and they're connected with me, then I will feel the need to say that actually I, I'm a bit offended by that. And this is why 
I'm offended mm. by you saying that. And I think that's 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 a key, right? And I know we're moving into top tips now. So for me, uh, before we move on to Kanjani and Trudis, is if you are offended by the way someone is speaking and the language that they're using and and the tone that they're using as well, then please do, you know, if you if you feel ready to do so, also is to ask them and to say, can you please you know, explain what you mean about this and help me understand why you think this way, because it's important for me to understand. So I can kind of decipher this, what you what you mean. And, and often, like you just said, Jenny, before that people just say it in the heat of the moment, mm. or they say it because they are, you know, echo chamber, dare I say, you know, somebody said it here, so they're going to say it there. And then they say it here. And it's a massive echo chamber of a community. Then. And we've seen that, you know, we, we've all experienced it where we've seen somebody says something a bit controversial, then it's kind of replicated a little bit differently on LinkedIn. And then it's replicated a little bit differently on Twitter. And then it's like a hurricane effect. Try and understand exactly what that means for you. And are you are you saying it because you think it's the right thing to say? Or are you saying it because somebody else has said it and you want to be in that crowd of saying it? Mm. It's like snowflake is a word that people use quite frequently. And because just because a lot of people say it, is it an ex- acceptable term? And just be really conscious of that. And even when you're writing, if writing is part of your world and you and you write for a living, then when you're writing, then just be wary of the audience and the stakeholders that you're communicating to and some of the words that you're using. Like we said, the simple things like, you know, using non-binary language is, again, for me, is quite important. So I will pay attention to that. And if that's important to the world that you're in and the work that you're doing, then that's the kind of consciousness you should be paying a little bit more attention to and, and things like, you know, not not saying things like what you guys over there having a mother's meeting for you know I still hear that <laughs> like we've gone back to 1951 what's going on here like do people still say that like calling out that behavior so people know that we're moving into 20 you know the 21st century so we should be a little mm. bit more you know open to change what about you guys what about you Jenny just to follow on from yours, one of mine is is the kind of moving with the times. And I think I'm getting on a bit now. So I do I do take issue with certain words that are that are now used in a way that they were never intended, like you know, horrific and vile. And and literally is the, the word that I think is used by most people that are in their early twenties. <laughs> it's literally this, literally that, literally. And I but I also remember when I was younger, like was I remember my mum saying, Is it like this? Is it like that or is it just that? <laughs> and I think there are there are things that come in in society that you have to be kind of mindful of and not sound old <laughs> and slightly ragey like I do. <laughs> but it's kind of learning whether or not that's something that is is a change in our language and that's how things are now. And I think it, it comes down to educating yourself. And we touched on language around diversity and inclusivity and there's that education piece of how things have changed and what is and is not acceptable and and using literally is apparently the new thing it's not acceptable by the way <laughs> anybody's listening <laughs> we shouldn't use it you know over overuse it so I think there's there's that piece for me around you know moving with the times there's also the piece around sort of the channels and where you're communicating that I think language has such a role to play and I touched on that about use of video and things like that so I think it's making sure that whatever you're saying is the appropriate language for the platform that you're in so we talked about the importance of context and I talk about this all the time that context is everything you get so little context on something like Twitter you can get a lot more context in a podcast or a video so it's making sure that where you're thinking about what you're saying that you're using the right channel to to deliver the right message because 
tone is so important when it comes to language. So they would be things I would be I would be thinking about. But educate yourselves is probably the biggest thing because things evolve and change all the time. And if you're a communicator, it's your job to be up to date with that. And if you're not a communicator, but you're in a position of influence or leadership, it's really important that you're aware of the potential impacts you could have on others. Totally agree. And just on that, because and I don't want to steal Trudist, if this is Trudist top tip, <laughs> sorry, Trudist, but <laughs> I am going to say on the uh, angle that Jenny just said about if you're an influencer, make sure also that you're surrounding yourself with diverse voices and different voices of all ages, all genders, all, you know, sexualities and try and try, you know, we live in a world now that we have got access to different people. Social media for all its kind of negative sides of it I do think the pros outweigh the cons I really do so you know open up the reach and speak to different people and and to help your language evolve especially mm. as the globe is is getting smaller sorry Trudy I hope I didn't steal your it's okay no you didn't there. steal anything that's quite fun <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was thinking of, and you know, some might not like this one is it's just slow down. <laughs> it's around taking a bit more time, thinking before you speak, thinking before you kind of blurt out that text. There was something that I used to do if somebody upset me, I'd write a, an epitaph. I'd kind of write the whole thing down in the language that I would really want to speak, write down what I'd really want to say, and then I'd sit down very and then I'd wait till I'm calm and then sit down and edit it before sending it. So it had a little bit of what I really want to say, but it also was colored with a bit of more balance. So so it was really good. And the other thing <laughs> the other thing I was going to say is to be present with all of this because there's there is something about not being present in terms of what you're saying, but also when you need to speak up and challenge something you know so if something has if somebody has said something to you and it goes kind of links back to something Advita said if something is saying saying something that you don't agree with or that you don't really accept it's being present so that you can actually respond to that properly mm -hmm. but then on the flip side it's also being present and mindful about how you're how you're coming across so within comms I guess you know, we, we, we tend to be taught how to reread and check and check and check, especially internal comms before we send it out. And I think I know that not everybody can do that. And sometimes you have to do things in the moment, but it would be really good if you, if that, if within that you have a bit of slowing down, you have a bit of kind of being present and so on, which will help you to, to, to not be offensive or not say the wrong things or challenge both of those. I love that Trudy slow it down you know and definitely take that time to reflect you know we don't do enough of it I said it in a recent newsletter that I wrote reflection is something that we need to do more of and and spend a little bit more time understanding about what the things we've we've heard learned and need to be aware of in in that week and then how we're going to make that better the week after as well and do it in your own time I think that's really important as well because we often think the, the immediacy of the world that we live in, we feel like we have to do it there and then. There is absolutely nothing wrong with just saying, I'm taking 10, I'm going to reflect, I'm going to learn, and then I'm going to come back and understand what, where I'm going. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because I feel like you're the best person for this advice, given your rage levels that <laughs> you've shared. <laughs> I, I acknowledge how ironic this advice is today. <laughs> It's a little bit but like I'm this learning. one. It's a little bit like this one's for you. This one's yeah. for you. Oh, this yeah. one's for this you. is for me. I'm saying it out loud. Vita, take a step back and calm down. <laughs> literally, 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 calm down. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs>
for listening. If you really enjoyed this episode, then please do leave us a review on Apple Podcast. And if you have any ideas for future episodes, then please do let us know.